Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. So, by God's grace, this evening, we just want to study a portion of Scripture. Um, if you remember, we have been looking at the series, or the theme, um, the necessary equipping, or the necessary endowment or equipping, or should I say the qualification of anyone who is going to serve the Lord in his vineyard. So we want to see the, and what brought about this was, I noticed when they were doing the coronation for Charles, there was one part where he had to take off his clothes or his regalia, his top regalia, and then in secret, or should I say from public view, he knelt down before God, as it were, and he was anointed with oil. If you notice, that part was not publicly shown during the coronation. And all that was done based on principles in scripture. What we, every time we see anybody on the platform, anybody who has been lifted up by God, to do any particular work. Anybody who has been commissioned by God, the commissioning is not first of all in the public. It is done in the secret place first. Now, we will see a very important ingredient of of any Christian who is going to serve God. That Christian has to be anointed. Now, the anointing is not first of all physical. It's first of all spiritual. Now, let's look at um, scripture. If you notice, anywhere you read anointing or they're anointing somebody, it's symbolically done with oil in scriptures. Hmm? Now, we want to see when when anointing oil was first of all instituted, what was it about? We want to check the Old Testament. We want to see the symbolism of what Moses was told by God to do when it comes, when it comes to constituting the anointing oil. Now, we are also going to examine how does that apply to us now living in the UK in the 21st century. Exodus 30. Yes, exactly. So if you open your Bibles to Exodus 30, that's exactly where we're going to read. Exodus 30, um, let me get it up here. Fine. So if we we are going to read from verse 22, Exodus 30 from verse 22. Okay. Um, I need to read for us, please. Exodus 30 from verse 22 to verse 33. Exodus 30? Yes. Exodus 30 from 22? Yes. 22. Yeah. 30. 22 to 33. I'm sorry. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto the principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels of sweet cinnamon, 
half so much, even 250 shekels, okay. and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, after the shekels of the sanctuary, and of oil, olive on, on him. Mm. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith and the ark of the testimony. And the table of all his vessels, and the candlesticks, and his vessels, and the altar of the incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all his vessels, and the lover and his foot. And thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever touch them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Really? Amen. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon men's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall ye make any other like it, after the composition of it. It is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. Whosoever compoundeth any like it, or what whosoever puts any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, can I just take us to? We'll come back to this um, ex, uh, this Exodus, but before we look at that, can we just look at um, Ecclesiastes? Chapter um, 10. We are just going to read verse 1. Can I read it? Yes, you can read it, please. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking sever. Mm. So does a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. May God grant us insight as we study together. So, we saw here that every vessel and everybody who is going to be used of God has to be anointed, has to be set apart. So look at what God told Moses. In verse 22, the Bible said, Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also take for yourself quality spices. Take for yourself. Now, I want us to, the reason why I want us to look at these scriptures in details because all of us, all of us need to apply this to our lives. The principles we are going to learn 
we need to apply it to our lives. And so God was not, was telling Moses to take for himself or take to himself, as it were, quality spices. Because the spices God was going to mention, he was going to use it to constitute the holy anointing oil. Which signifies what God will pour of what God will do to anybody to set that person apart. So he said, take for yourself quality spices. Now, look at those spices and their weight. 500 shekels of liquid myrrh. Half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon. 250 shekels. 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane. Do you notice? All this is sweet-smelling. Five And look at the amount. It's not small. These are not small quantities. 500 shekels of cassia. Do you, do you take note? And look at the, the, the measure. The measure of all these sweet-smelling spices was not going to be the shekel, or should I say the measurement of the market. They said they should issue, he said it should take all this 250 shekels, 500 shekels of all these sweet smelling savo, or sorry, sweet smelling spices. They must be according to the shekel of the sanctuary. So if they were going to measure 500 kilograms, for instance, the, kil- the weight they were going to use to check the measure or the weight of it was going to be the scale in the sanctuary, in the temple of God. They were not going to use the scale in the supermarket. They were not going to use the scale in Moses' house. They were going to use the scale, the measure of shekels in the sanctuary. Now, what does all this mean? Let's start. The spices, if you notice, the Bible mentioned, look at the, the quantity. They were, they were quite, it was quite a lot. Um, 250 shekels, 500 shekels, you know. Um, those, are, and five, those are liquid mer, for instance. The weight of the liquid mer was going to be 500 shekels. That's the weight. Now, why, 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 if they are going to constitute anointing oil, the oil was only symbolic to set apart the instrument and the people. But they were going to use a lot of it. They were going to constitute a lot of it. Now, what is touching me here, this smelling, sweet-smelling spices, is that if my life is going to please God, what, what God is demanding is looking for smell and sweet smelling spices for my life. And what he is going to, what I'm going to exhibit, they are not going to be in small quantities. Do you understand? So what, what am I saying? If God is looking for 
humility. If God is looking for gentleness, if God is looking for kindness, if God is looking for endurance, if God is looking for long suffering, these qualities, they cannot be in tiny, tiny amounts. You, you get it. God is looking for these qualities in abundance in our lives. And it is the and it's only by the measure of the temple of God, sorry, it's only by the measure of the principles of God that this, this quantity God is looking for can be found in any life. For instance, look at how these uh, spices were measured. They were measured by the shekel in the sanctuary. They were measured, actually, these things were measured by God because the principles of the word of God the principles of the mind of God are all embedded in his word. If, if I'm going to be humble, should I tell you something? It's God that measures my humility, not human beings. No matter how I prove I'm humble now, can you see? I'm, I'm not wearing a, a posh shirt. I'm just wearing an ordinary shirt, you know, just ordinary. I'm not wearing any gold chain. I don't have a gold ring eh? if I'm going to be humble my humility is not meant to be measured first of all by human beings it is God that measures it so the first thing we are noticing is that God if God is going to if I'm going to please God if I am going to be useful in God's kingdom and in his house or in his vineyard I need to be endowed with his anointing. And look at what, look at the things that make up the anointing of God or the holy anointing oil. Look at the things. Quality spices. Quality spices. Sweet smelling spices. God is, is looking for a life that we smell. Bring forth lovely smell from that life. That's what God is looking for. Do you remember in Genesis chapter, is it chapter 9 now or chapter 8? Let me, let me confirm. If you go to Genesis, the story of Noah, after the ark, after the, um, the in Genesis 8, after the world, the, the earth was destroyed, and flooded with water. The inhabitants of the earth were flooded with water in Genesis chapter 8. The Bible mentioned very clearly in verse 20 that Noah built an altar to the Lord. Hmm? Look at it. Genesis chapter 8 verse 20. I'll read it. From verse 20. The Bible says, Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offering on the altar. And verse 21, And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although 
the imagination of man's heart is in evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. Noah offered a sweet-smelling a, a, a sacrifice unto the Lord. And that sacrifice, God smelt it, and the smell was great, was wonderful, was pleasant. I want to ask you a question. Remember, what God smelt here is not first of all physical. If you notice, the Bible said here that Noah built an altar and took off every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings. So he put fire to it. He killed these animals and put fire to it. And they were roasting. Eh? And the Bible said, God smelt is, is wonderful aroma. Excuse me. Roasting of, of animals on an altar with fire. Does it bring forth a soothing aroma? First of all, roasting. No. It doesn't. Just to prove to you what God smelt was not physical. It was spiritual. And it's the same thing with us. God is looking for a spiritual sacrifice that we smell before him and God will be pleased. It was this... Um, Can I just comment on that? Because obviously, like uh, we as Filipinos, we love, uh, you know, doing barbecue. Mm. If you do barbecue in the garden, even how many blocks away, you can still smell the lingering, Mm. you know, uh, delicious smell from the barbecue, isn't it? And Mm. I think if we apply that in our lives, like, uh, if we live a life that is pleasing before God, mm. and you know, we will be, uh, people will gonna uh, notice that uh, character, uh, Christ-like characters in our lives, and then, like you know, spiritually they can smell you from afar mm. because mm. of the Christ-like character we have. So uh, that's how I'll put that, you know, uh, spiritually. Mm. Um, welcome, Salido family. We are looking at the anointing oil. What constitutes the anointing oil? Our, our theme text is taken from Exodus chapter 30, from verse 22 to 33. We just took a short diversion to examine Genesis 8, verse 20, where God was pleased with the offering or the sacrifice that Noah brought. The Bible called it, God smelled a soothing aroma. So God is looking for a soothing aroma from each and any of our lives. Um, so I want to just say that if God is looking for a soothing aroma from each life, then we too must be careful under God to present ourselves as a living sacrifice to him. Pleasing and acceptable. That's what the Bible says. And these are the qualities that God is looking for from any vessel that he will use. 
So going back to that um, Exodus chapter 30, if we go back there from verse um, 22, do you remember we made a comment that all those quality spices, they call it quality. You see what God is looking for? Quality character. Not just some superficial eye service hypocritical character. Quality. That's what God is looking for. And take note of the weight. They were not small, small quantities of spices. They were were quite in, in, in quantity. It was quite much. Now, look at what, what um, the Bible said in verse 25. God told Moses, and you shall make from these, that's the quality spices. He called it a holy anointing oil. An ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. Hmm? King James says, Thou shalt make an holy oil of, uh, thou shalt make an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the act of the apocryphy. It shall be a holy anointing oil. So, this was the oil, the compound, the whole mixture was the oil that was going to be used to set people apart, to set vessels apart for the use of God only. So, do you notice all these qualities, all these quality qualities God is looking for in our lives is to set us apart unto God alone. Your humility is not first of all for mankind. Your gentleness is not first of all for, for mankind. Your kindness is not first of all for your brother. It is actually as unto the Lord first. Your long-suffering is pleasing unto God first. Your gentleness, eh? your patience, take note. All these things are unto the Lord first. It's not for man first. You know, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we are thinking first of all, is so that everybody around us will be happy with us. We are thinking that, oh, it's so that we can please our brothers, we can please our sisters, so that we can, we can, we can be good. Remember, fruit of the spirit is spiritual, isn't it? Excuse me, who is going to eat the spiritual fruit? <laughs> if if can you permit me to say the fruit of the spirit? Is as if it's God that is um, looking for it in any life. It's the product of the Holy Spirit in a man's life. And it's so important to understand this. So that we can please God. And take note, all these constituents, all these um, um, quality spices, was going to be used as the holy anointing oil. Now, why did God call it holy anointing? Holy means pure. In a sense. Hmm? 
holy means godly. And the Bible said, with it, you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting. Look at what you are going to use it for. Verse 26. He said, with this oil, you will anoint the tabernacle of meeting and the ark of the testimony, the table and all its utensils, the lampstands and its utensils, and the ark and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the liver and its base, you shall consecrate them so that they might they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be holy. So maybe we should, can we look at these scriptures from another translation? If you have any other translation that can be helpful, just read it. Can I read it in New Living Translation? Verse 26 says, This scented oil, do you see? The mixture was scented. It had a lovely smell. You use it to anoint all those instruments we talked about. The tabernacle, the ark of the covenant, the table, the lampstand, the incense of the altar, the altar of burnt offering, the large wash basin and its pedestal. It says, sanctify them to make them entirely holy. Now, do you notice that when the Bible says sanctify, it means to set apart. All those utensils, all the, the, the tables they are going to use and everything. They Remember, these tables did not come from heaven. Men formed it according to the instructions of God. But they were to set them apart for the use of God. What does that mean? If I am going to be a vessel for the Lord, if I am going to be a, a, a vessel in the, in, the, in the temple of God, if I'm going to be a vessel that God can use, I need to be set apart. I need to be consecrated. And that, that applies to us. We are all children of God. We want to be used of God in our generation. One of the criteria is that we need to be set apart. We must be separated from the world. The Bible says we're, we're a, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, hmm? a holy nation. And God has called us that so that we can be set apart for his use, so that we can show for the praises of the one who has called us. That's why we all need to be set apart. We are not ordinary in that sense. The reason why is because the hand of God is upon our lives. And so we need to be set apart for his use. 
So if you, in your workplace now, if people are, are talking anyhow, or are insulting or despising somebody or are doing things that they should not do, you cannot join them because you have been set apart. If people are planning evil schemes and trying to backbite and backstab people in your place of work, you cannot join them because you have been set apart as unto the Lord. All the vessels, remember, these were just vessels that human beings fashioned. But what makes them special is because they have been set apart. It's the same thing with you and me. What makes you special is that Jesus died for your sin and he has called you unto himself. You have been set apart for his use. Even Jesus was set apart so that he could die for our sins. <laughs> Excuse me. If you are going to clean your table and your table is very dirty, Will you go and get a dirty old rag to clean the table? You wouldn't. Because you want your table to be clean. Jesus was set apart. So that he could be the true sacrifice for us. And when he, when he, when he put himself as the sacrificial lamb, God looked at it and up to today, we are all drinking from that sacrifice of Jesus. And if we are going to be his followers, God is asking us to be set apart. So you notice that because you are set apart, the way you do your secular job is going to be different because you are doing it as unto the Lord, set apart for him. You won't just go to work because of money. You are going to work because you are doing it as unto the Lord because you have been set apart for his use only. May God grant us understanding. And to come and show you the power of this sacrifice, or should I say this setting apart, the power in it. If you look at verse 29, the Bible says, you shall consecrate these vessels so that they may be most holy. Now, look at it. The Bible now says, whatever touches them must be holy. <laughs> I don't know how you read that scripture. It says, whatever touches them must be holy. Do you know, you can read it like this. Whatever touches them will be holy. What's the difference? Whatever touches those, those vessels that have been set apart, the Bible said they must be holy. What's the difference between that and whatever touches those vessels will be holy? Can we discuss? George, as yes. our children of God, we have to... Um spread the word of God, share about the, uh, share the gospel, the way of salvation, and obviously, like 
even me before, you know, I didn't know God. And because uh, somebody who's been set apart by God came to me and uh, through God's hand, he touched my life. And now I became holy or became set apart for God too. So, you know, I think that's how it will going to work. Yes. So, you know, what, what, what I was trying to bring to our attention is the difference between whatever touches them must be holy. So as a child of God, you should not entangle yourself with unholy things. You should not play with sin because you have been set apart, so consecrated unto God. I was just trying to highlight that because we're in a generation where the standards and the principles of God are being lowered. When, it, when you talk to some people, they don't realize that actually even though they are Christians, they don't realize that they have been set apart only unto God. So they say, oh, it doesn't matter. Jesus has saved me. I can't do anything. You cannot do anything because you have been set apart only unto God. The things you should entangle yourself with are, should be holy things. Things that will glorify God. Things that will bring glory to his name. Look at that scripture we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Verse 1. Do you remember that scripture? I read it. It says, dead flies. Eh? Make the perfumer ointment to stink dead flies. This holy anointing oil with all its lovely quality spices, you cannot allow dead flies to drop inside. It contaminates it, it pollutes it. With the wonderful smell, this ointment is giving forth. With the wonderful um, Christian testimony, you are giving forth unto God. When you start playing with sin, suddenly, awful smell comes up before God. The Bible says, it, it, the dead flies pollute the perfumer's ointment. So does a little folly, a little folly, to one who is respected for wisdom and honor. Have you not noticed it as a Christian? The day you go and mistakenly swear or use a profane language, it becomes headline in your office, in your place of work. The day you mistake, you misbehave, it suddenly becomes a headline grabbing moment. Why? Because acting the Christian suddenly did something wrong. That is what dead flies does. If your life has been given forth 
a lovely smell. And all of a sudden, somebody annoys you and you flip and you insult the person and you lose your, your temper, as it were. What, what has happened? The dead flies has allowed the, 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 the perfume to start smelling bad. So what is God trying to challenge us with? God is saying, because he has set us apart, we cannot afford to entangle ourselves with things that we defile. If we notice at any point that, ah, my life is now going the other way, we ought to repent quickly and come back to God so that he can purify us again. Look at verse 30. He says, And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them so that they may minister to me as priests. Do you see, do you see this, that statement? Aaron and his sons needed to be set apart and they were going to use this anointing to set them apart symbolically. And their job was to minister to God they were to serve God first, not the people. They were going to serve the people, of course. But their job is to serve God first. Is that not the same with us? God has called us to serve him first. Yes, our service will affect people. Our service will influence and impact people. But remember, our service is first of all to God. And as we serve God, it is automatic. You cannot say you are serving God and you will not serve men. But the call to Aaron and his sons was those who were going to serve God before they were going to serve God first. And Verse 31 says, And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing to me throughout your generations. Do you see what God is saying there? Uh, let me just read it from another translation. Verse 31. Sorry. Uh, yes. It says, and thou shalt speak, sorry, I thought I was reading NIV. Um, sorry, I was reading NLT. Yes, it says, and say to the children of Israel, this always, this will always be my holy anointing oil. God has not changed his principles in setting people apart. Is this same principle he, he wrote, he gave us in the time of Moses? That same principle applies up to today. God needs to set us apart by his anointing. And look at what constitutes. Remember, the anointing is basically is just this anointing oil. And is a mark of God's presence upon a life. A life that has been separated unto God is what symbolizes the anointing. And do you know, once you are anointed of God, 
even now. Whatever you do, you don't do it in your own strength. It's God that is empowering you to do it. If we check through scriptures, when men were anointed of God, the spirit of God will come upon them and you, they will, you will notice that they are able to do extraordinary things in scriptures. The same thing applies to us. When God's hand is upon a life, his grace is sufficient for you. You are able to do things in God's strength. You see God equipping you, God giving you his understanding, God giving you his grace. You do things you ordinarily cannot do yourself. This is the, this is the glory of the anointing of God upon a man's life. But it's only symbolized in what we have just read here. These are the symbolisms of what God wants to do with us. So, what's the prayer point now? The prayer is that, Lord, can you help me to truly be set apart unto you? Help me, Lord, that I will not entangle myself with things that will dishonor you. Lord, those dead flies that will make my spiritual life to smell terribly before you, Lord, in your mercy, help me to deal with it. Help me not to entangle myself with dead flies. Anything that will cause a terrible stench, a terrible spiritual stench for my life, Lord, in your mercy, Grant me your grace to stay away from it. We need to be very, very deliberate about this because we have been separated unto the Lord. Can you imagine those utensils, that table, the, the plates, the bowls they used in the tabernacle? You could not use it in your house. You could, people cannot just use it anyhow. It was meant to be used for the service of the Lord and for offering unto God. It was meant to remain in the tabernacle. And the same thing applies. Whatever you are doing, your eyes, your ears, your hands, all those instruments or the parts of your body that God has endowed you with is meant to be used for his kingdom for the service of his kingdom and not for the service of the devil. Remember, by God's grace, we have been shown here that we have been set apart. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will help us so that we can truly walk in the consciousness of these truths. Let me stop here. Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 